my Hairumai. Welcome to the Maxim Institute podcast. My name is Tim Wilson. I'm Executive Director at Maxim Institute and this is our weekly short form podcast. These podcasts are released in tandem with our weekly column and they're a chance for you to hear in depth from the column's author about some of the thinking that went into producing their final piece. Today we talk to Maxim Communications Manager Jason Heal about his recent column, Character Testing the Character Test. Uh, kia ora, Jason. Hi, Tim. Democracy is not a spectator sport, US filmmaker Michael Moore says. It's a participatory event. But the problem is when a white supremacist wants to participate in democracy. Uh, this is we're referring here to Philip Arps, who stood right. for a local school board. Yep. Uh, I assume you find that ex- unacceptable? Yes, exactly. Yep. Distasteful uh, candidacy, for sure, 100%. I'm not saying in this that we need to have no limits on who can be eligible for leadership roles for public service in New Zealand. Not at all. I think there's nuance and there's a fine line to it. There needs to be limits on it, but if you impose too many limits on who can, um, not who can participate, but who can represent, who can be elected, Mm. then you do create a de facto character test by way of narrowing the criteria so much that only certain people are, are eligible. Well, only only a certain uh, the kind of person who looks like you or me exactly, uh, uh, and what we agree on uh, exactly. is eligible to stand. So, what are the problems inherent in the notion of a character test? Because some would say, "Oh, we need good character. We don't, we, you know, we don't want to be represented by uh, by scumbags." Exactly. the The questions, though, that follow, we need a character test. Is who decides? Uh, what constitutes good character? Is it you? Is it me? Is it someone else? We don't all agree. We don't necessarily have a society-wide view of what constitutes good character. What do we take into account when thinking about good character? Is it just criminal convictions? Is it other uh, adherence to societal norms or a particular moral stance on an issue? And the problem with that is that once you start adding in those qualifications, Mm. they can be used in in a discriminatory manner by people in power. Yeah, because you note uh, uh, some information or a report by um, the Administration and Cost of Elections Electoral Knowledge Network uh, from the UN uh, talking about that. Uh, Can you unpack that a bit for me? Yeah, so they, they warn that the imposition of too many requirements always carries the risk of creating legislatures or other elected bodies dominated by an unrepresentative elite. So the danger is Mm. that the people in charge are not representing the people that they purport to represent Mm. or they're out of touch with the people that they purport to represent. And therefore, democracy doesn't work. Then it's not democracy anymore. To then go back to to um, Mike Moore, uh, Michael Moore. Pardon me, not Mike Moore. Not ex, Mike Moore. No. Ex, uh, but the fact is that that democracy, when participation is reduced, it becomes less democratic. It's something I actually saw in the states where there was a political class. Mm who paid lip service to particular issues, et cetera, et cetera, but they're quite disconnected from uh, the the comings and goings, the, the worries, the necessities of um, of many, many people. I'm not going to say most of, of real people, because yeah. obviously the, 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 there's no such thing as real or unreal people, Yes, but, but the, there was a disconnection, and I think that was bad for the American democracy. Um, you say here that... Um, 
When it came down to it, though, democracy actually worked in the ARPS case. That's right. I think that's a big takeaway from that case. He was allowed to stand. He put forward his candidacy and uh, people voted. He got 25 votes out of 1,000, so 2% of the votes. And he was just, you know discounted 100 votes less than the, the next nearest candidate. So by far, um, democracy works. People sift, people know, they, they uh, as long as they can understand and they have access to the candidate's um, platform, information, they, about, information the about them, yeah. uh, about what they stand for, they can make that decision. Mm. I think we underestimate the amount of uh, wisdom that people carry. And interesting that um, that mere, those people, for example, who would be uh, saying, oh, we need to give democracy a bit of a hand, mm. um, they are actually hindering democracy because it works, what you're saying is, it works quite well as long as information is allowed to fo- flow freely. Sure, you can have objectionable people on some level standing, but if you reduce the number of people standing, then you get a problem. That's right. You get this this unrepresentative elite. You get the few. You can vote for anyone you want as long as they're the people we say you want. To, you can vote for. As long as they're people who look and sound like you and me. Exactly. Person. That's right. I got no problem with those people. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Thanks. And now let's hear from Jason as he reads his column. Democracy is not a spectator sport. U.S. filmmaker Michael Moore once observed. It is a participatory event. But who exactly should participate? And for what purposes? This is being debated at many levels in Aotearoa, New Zealand, right now. Why? White supremacist Philip Arps, who's done prison time for sharing Christchurch massacre footage on social media, put his name forward for election to the school board at Te Ariti College in Christchurch. There were calls to remove him from the list or to change the rules so that he would be ineligible. Arps's very distasteful candidacy coincided with local body candidates standing with visible or concealed links to Voices for Freedom a group against vaccine mandates. Anti-misinformation organisation Fact Aotearoa identified around 5% of the candidates they, quote, had concerns about. Eligibility rules do exist, but they're baggy. Arps's jail time of 21 months was outside the two years that disqualifies him from standing. The criteria at the moment in this particular instance seems to fall woefully short of what the general population would expect, the Secondary Principles Association President Vaughan Coulet told RNZ. Yet tightening these strictures creates a de facto character test for prospective representatives. Questions quickly follow. Who decides what constitutes good character? How? What do we take into account? No one wants an ARPS in charge, but whom might we be disqualifying? The debate isn't new. The Administration and Cost of Elections Electoral Knowledge Network, launched at the UN in 1998, has some suggestions for candidate criteria. These include the fundamental rights of all citizens, citizenship, being of age and being in full possession of civil and political rights, 
They suggest that you may include other criteria, such as allegiance to certain societal norms or moral aptitude. However, they caution that any qualification, especially those based on moral aptitude and allegiance to societal norms, can be used in a discriminatory manner. They also suggest that these rules may have the opposite effect and exclude many people who would be willing and able to stand. They warn, in general, the imposition of too many requirements always carries with it the risk of creating legislatures or other elected bodies that are dominated by an unrepresentative elite. So here's a character test, of sorts, for any proposed character test. Ask yourself... Would I be happy with my ideological opposite wielding this power? The lesson from the school board election case is that we can trust the people. The vote went ahead. ARPS got 2%, a total of 25 votes, over 100 votes less than the next closest candidate. This is the point of representative democracy. Candidates put their names forward, share their views, and then the people decide who will represent them. To complete the Michael Moore quote we began with, if we don't participate in democracy, it ceases to be a democracy. Sure, we can change the rules of the game, but let's get as many people on the field as possible. Thanks for listening to the Maxim Institute podcast. If you'd like to hear more from us and keep up with the rest of our research and analysis of politics and policy in New Zealand, you can sign up on the homepage of our website to get our monthly forum email and invitations to future Maxim Institute events. You can search and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Maxim team, Mate Wa, goodbye for now.